Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Brandon, and this is the What It Really Be Like podcast. I started this podcast because there's a lot of people out there with interesting jobs or life experiences that I want to know more about. We'll go deep with people, their origin story, what they do or what they did, the good and the bad, everything in between, and maybe helpful stuff for you and I. If you have an interesting job or life experience, or you know someone who does and they want to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. Give me a shout. Contact information is in the description. Just leave me a blurb about who you are and why you want to be on the pod, and we'll go from there. This very first episode is with my friend and successful real estate agent, Michael Coxon. He's going to tell you why he got into the business. He's going to tell you what he loves about it, what he hates about it. There's going to be some hilarious stories, some heartwarming stories, and he'll give tips and advice on people that may be looking to buy or sell a home or people that are looking to get into the industry as a professional. At the end of the day, you're going to see he's a great guy with a lot to share. If you have bought or are looking to buy a home, which is most of us, this episode is for you. You're going to love it. And now I give you Mr. Michael Coxon. Michael, What's welcome, up, Brandon? To sh- welcome to the show, man. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you're a real estate agent here in Las Vegas. Yep. How long have you been doing this? I've been doing this about 12 years now. Amazing. Yes, sir. So there's a lot of different facets, a lot of different roles that agents can play in the industry. Can you kind yeah. of break down what those are and where you fit in? Yeah, sure. I mean, a real estate agent in general is its own business. Um, that's what everyone has to think about first and and every business relies on sales first and foremost sales are the the lifeline of any business but as a real estate agent in addition to that you're doing your own marketing you're doing your own social media you're doing your own operations your own accounting uh, you name it you're in charge and that is in the beginning so you got to build a foundation so you can grow that business and where you can potentially start hiring and growing and outsourcing that so you wear a lot of hats you wear every hat every hat that's right <laughs> yes so, and then you do residential sales. Yes, I do residential and commercial, about 80% residential. Okay. Yep. There's also a whole property management side to it, right? Yeah. Are you involved in that at all, or do you know, can you tell us about it? Yeah, so property management is a totally separate permit uh, from a real estate license. Um, so anyone is able to obtain one. I personally chose not to. I do personally manage uh, my own properties, uh, which you're allowed to do without a permit. Uh, but I don't do that side of the business. Um, it's a whole other whole other business for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to Michael right before you got into real estate. Yeah. Who were you at that time and what kind of sparked you into getting into this? Yeah, it's funny. It actually goes back to, I'd say, high school. Um, so I, uh, my father actually was a police officer, but he had a Mine side too. business. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, that's right. I remember that. And your, yeah, your dad also, when he retired, was a security guard in uh, Ala Moana Mall in Hawaii. That's right. I always yeah. remember that. Waikiki, baby. Yeah, I've yeah. been there a few times. I think, <laughs> I think of him every time I go. But uh, anyhow, so yeah, my father, had a, he always had a side business. And so he kind of taught me entrepreneurship. Um, that was the initial seed that got me into real estate. And I just kind of had an interest in money, the idea of money, making money. Um, and in high school, instead of reading what I was supposed to be reading, like Shakespeare, uh, <laughs> I chose to read like Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, uh, Susie Orman was the beginning one for me, uh, just about like how to budget and control money. Um, and then I got into productivity books. Um, and I kind of tied them all together and realized Real estate was a great way to be an independent uh, business owner um, without having to necessarily grow a corporation, but to be in business. So that was kind of the first uh, 
interest I took in the real estate industry. And then I love the idea of investing in real estate and kind of building wealth through, you know, passive income. Yeah. And, and I use that term lightly because real estate is far from passive. Right. Yeah. You're always managing this or that. Yeah. Right. There's always something. So what was, I mean, what did you know about it? What was appealing to you? It was definitely, um, uh, the first thing is rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Um, that's, that was how I learned that your money can make money for you. Yeah. Um, and that led to, I knew I always wanted to invest in real estate and the way to get there and the way to learn, I thought was through selling it. So that was the, the yeah. first thing that got me into sales. Cause I think a lot of people, they look at it as like, Oh, I can make my own hours. I can make my own way in it kind of thing. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of like, seems like there's a lot of freedom and creativity. Sure. It's, it's a double edged sword. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have uh, a team now and hiring agents. I teach them. Yeah. That's a lot of people love to say, Oh, I get to make my own hours, but that's the quickest way to fail in this business is to think that you're free cause you're actually not. Um, right. as I mentioned earlier, you have to do eight jobs. You're running a business yeah. by yourself. You're not free. You can make your own hours, but you're not going to make as much money. It's really a business that what you put into it is what you get out of it. And the beautiful thing about real estate is we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, the most successful agents in the world, all the information's out there about what they did and how they did it. And the idea right. is not to be cute and try to do something flashy or trendy and just put your nose to the grindstone and repeat the process. So yeah, sure. You set your own hours, but you're going to, you need to work 60 to 80 hours in order to be successful. And a lot of times from what I've heard, clients kind of set your hours too, because you're in yeah. some ways you're at their behest of like when they want to do things, right? Sure. You're a Niners fan. I think Packers Packers. How dare you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a Jets fan. So who cares? Uh, um, <laughs> we're never in the playoffs, but this will air after, but championship well, Aaron weekend. might go there. Apparently that's that, the rumor. Lately. That would be great. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, um, for example, championship weekend in the NFL is coming up and I had plans to, uh, spend it with my buddies and, you know, I get a call off of Zillow for brand new client. Haven't met him before. Wants to see uh, a house in the middle of the game. So, you know, yeah, am I, I was free to say no, but that means I don't get a paycheck potentially. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, Trade-offs. yeah, I, I work seven days a week. Um, it just, I don't know what days those are going to be. Yeah. Okay. What is the day to day like for you and yeah. for the agent in general? Sure. I mean, well, everyone's different. Um, I believe in calendar blocking. Um, mm. you have to make time for your most important tasks. So, uh, I get eight hours of sleep a day, so I don't, I'm not a morning person. I get my sleep. I wake up refreshed. Um, I do my morning routine, which typically involves, um, drinking a healthy juice, something to get me started physically, drinking water, um, having some moment in meditation, having some moment to read and basically just take me time, personal time for yeah. about an hour every single day, seven days a week. Um, phones on, do not disturb. No one can get to me first thing in the morning. Um, that's by design. So I create a foundation for my day. Uh, I then prioritize my tasks first, what I want to achieve that day. Um, if I hadn't done it the night before, and then I'll check my phone. Because uh, I like to say email is the death of the real estate agent because uh, mm. we get a lot of emails. There's a lot of things flashing at us, text messages, uh, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. My phone is All constantly blowing up with messages. Yeah. Some significant, some insignificant. So the, I make sure that I filter that out uh, early on in the day. I do every single day. Uh, typically in the afternoon for me, it's called an hour of power. 
Um, I learned that from, uh, from real estate coaches where I take an hour to prospect new business uh, and follow up with leads. Hmm. It's because as I mentioned earlier, sales are the lifeline of any company. And if you're focused on anything else but sales, then you're not going to be in business for long. So I make it's sure a every day. wheel that has to be turning. Yeah, we yeah. call it a funnel. Uh, Fill the funnel. Um, yeah. And that's how sales come out at the end. As long as you keep the top full, it'll come out the bottom. A lot of agents get caught up, uh, what we say, like babysitting a transaction. So if you get one transaction, a lot of agents will just focus 40 hours a week on just making sure nothing goes wrong and kind of obsessing over it. And then they close the deal and, the and they have no other deals in the it's pipeline. Like yeah. It's a very common mistake. So um, you got. I believe in systems, and you know I've been fortunate enough to have uh, the ability to hire out transaction coordinators, um, and I rely on my inspectors, my lenders I trust to do their job during an escrow, my title and escrow officers, and so I can focus, and I don't abandon my escrow, but I focus on trying to get another one. Um, so that's a huge part of my day is that hour of power, um, and then any and then that those are the guarantees. And then any given day, I could have a listing appointment, I could have a buyer presentation, I could be showing homes, writing offers, um, responding to issues in escrow, but I calendar block is the number one thing I recommend any real estate agent does. Yeah, and so there's, there's consistencies day to day, but it sounds like there's also just new stuff. You're meeting new people constantly. Yeah. Things just come up that you have to fix or deal with. Absolutely. You have to be very flexible in this business. Mm -hmm. You can't have a fixed mindset. Um, you need a growth mindset. Uh, you need to be able to anticipate, but also be willing to just change your day at any given moment, but don't let somebody else dictate what's important in your day. Mm. I remember you told me a while ago that like, you know, a certain time at night, do not disturb. Yep. That's it. I can't be bothered anymore yep. because people could be texting you 11, 12 yep. at night. It's like, Oh, and they do. Yeah. 2 AM. Yeah. I mean, I get messages 24 seven. Wow. And I choose when like, what are you doing at three 30 in the morning, dude? Like, Looking get at off Zillow. Zillow. Yeah, exactly. It's an addiction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I bet a lot of people watching this and listening to this right now, uh, spend a few hours a week on Zillow. Someone, I saw someone recently said there should be a comment section on Zillow listings. Like that would just be, I feel like just gold mine. <laughs> just like commenting on things as an agent. I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to hear the public's opinion on my listings. Uh, and these are people's homes. So, you know, as much as they're private that's for sale, true. we want to protect some of their, their privacy. I didn't think about integrity. that. Like what if it's your home and you're like, I actually love that window. Like why are yeah. people talking so much shit about it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, okay. uh, there's a lid for every pot I like to say. So, I mean, you might find something ugly and somebody might find it pretty or somebody sees it as an opportunity to renovate. Yeah, that's yeah. true. The eye yeah. of the beholder. I, I, it's funny. I, I never heard that before, but I think that's a terrible idea. Public opinion is doesn't need to be heard in every platform. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. Go to Reddit. <laughs> yeah, it's also funny because, like, I mean, everyone has their, like, the homes that are way out of their budget. And then mm -hmm. they're like watching it and then it gets sold. And they're like, oh man, it's like, dude, you were yeah. oh, that was I way out of that. reach. Like there's no way. You know? Yeah. I'm a Zillow premier agent. So, um, I advertise with Zillow and, um, I get leads through there and yeah, sometimes I get, you know, those buyers that are, are looking at their someday home. What uh, do you tell those people? I'm curious. Like, how do you, so it, I mean, it depends. So everybody, yeah. um, you know, the, I, I, I believe that people are genuinely have good intentions. Sure. So, I mean, uh, the first one's Most always people. free, right? So, I mean, if, if somebody reaches out to me totally cold to look at a property, I don't stress them about pre-qualifying or, 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 or making them feel 
in any way uncomfortable financially about the property, whether it's 200,000 or 2 million or 20 million. I, I treat everybody the same on that first phone call and assume they are legitimate. Um, in a higher range home, you're, you're not getting inside of it without a pre-qualification mm. and that's for good reason. So if it's got a gate, like yeah, you got to see the credit. Yeah. And, and it depends on your market, but yeah, if it's guard gated, if it's North of a million dollars in Las Vegas, you, you need to kind of be prepared to show you are qualified before you get in the door, yeah. but I will assume you are. So I'll meet with you. We can have a cup of coffee and talk about the process. And yeah, if you're saying, Oh, I'm not willing to do that. Well, then I know you're not quite ready because uh, if you were serious, you'd be willing to get pre-approved to see a higher-end home. Right. And if it were your higher-end home, would you just want anybody off the internet walking through it? Yeah, because then you're just wasting everybody's time, including yeah. your own. Yeah. yeah, but first one's free. <laughs> Makes sense. I like it. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things about being a real estate agent? Um, it's definitely, I love the action, and I do love the... I, again, I don't want to say the set your own schedule thing, but I like that I, I get to cho pick and choose what I do every day. I mean, uh, flexibility. Yeah, it's it's a it's a topic and I'm trying to think how to put it best into words. And we're kind of revisiting it that it is flexible and it isn't because I think the agent needs to be flexible. So, you know, I can make a plan to go see a movie and I could buy the tickets and then I can get a lead that I want to go show a house to. And I have to decide, mm -hmm. am I going to the movie or not? And some days I am and some days I'm not. It depends. Um, How many times has that scenario happened? You're like, okay, I'm not going to the movie. And then like they cancel the last second. Uh, yeah, it happens once in a while. Yeah. Definitely. And that's, that's the worst. And, and, you know, when you're new, I think you have to take those punches mm. a, a few times when you're more experienced you kind of take, you have more confidence and control where you can say, I'm unavailable. I've learned a big thing to all you agents out there watching this is just say that you're in an appointment or you have an appointment. It's okay if that appointment is a movie date with your spouse. That's an appointment. Right. You don't have to get into detail about no, it. Yeah. You don't say I'm going to the movies. That's how you get fired because yeah. they, they don't care about me. But if you say I'm going to an appointment, they think that you're at a listing appointment or a buyer appointment. Technically true, by the way. It is an appointment. It is an appointment. Yeah. My appointments with myself are huge and with my wife are huge and yeah. I honor those. So I, I've learned to just kind of choose my words carefully, mm. uh, and reschedule people accordingly. Okay. Anything else that you like really love about what you do? Um, I do love people. Like I, I love meeting, you know, uh, you're a client of mine. That's how we first met. Indeed. Um, so everyone has a story. I'm a storyteller. I'm a, I love good, a good story. So I love people's backgrounds. I love to, to know their motivation and why they're moving somewhere. Cause home is truly a foundation of everyone's life. Yeah. You know, you need a good home in order to pursue your dreams. And I just like to think that I help people create a good foundation. I love that part of it. It's very fulfilling. And it's like, I imagine, especially for first time buyers, there's that moment where you're like at the end of the transaction, you're like, Here's the keys. Yeah. Like, here's your new home. First time home, home buyers are my favorite. It's yeah. the best feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's super it's, rewarding. It's rewarding. And you could tell, and they're, they're nervous. Obviously it's their first time. Um, and for me, it's, you know, it's not. So I, I just love to tell them, look, I know this is your first time, <laughs> but it's not my first time. Yeah. You can lean on me and to see that like relief on their face is the best feeling. Yeah. You know, it makes me feel like a superhero. I'm doing something special. Yeah. Really <laughs> incredible. I yeah. mean, that's cause that's the biggest part of some people's lives. That's such yeah. a big milestone, especially here in the U S where it's like, that's yep. the American dream buying yeah. a home. And it takes years of saving and, and, yeah. and treating your credit correctly and, yeah. you know, like sticking with through a job and it's, it's a grind. Yeah, you're right. It's a big goal that people right. achieve. 
And you, they, I'm sure they've looked at a number of homes up to that point, yeah. or it's like maybe just that one that they've really been after. Yeah. So when it finally comes, it's like what an incredible moment. Yeah, I just met with a brand new first time home buyer. First time I met them um, at a house, and we sh- we toured the house, and it did check a lot of their boxes, and I can tell they were kind of like uh now what and i go guys just you don't have to buy the first house you see and they were like oh okay this is this is the first house we've actually been in we've only looked online but we've been looking online for years and this is the first house we've actually been in and i go oh it's such an honor like just but we need to go we definitely need to go see at least five more yeah and they were like oh thank god you said that like i could tell they they were excited they were excited yeah but they were like we don't want to be too excited and it was really kind of just like again that relief on their face was a beautiful thing to see that you know i felt like i was they they, they felt taken care of that's why it's important to pick i mean cuz as an, as an agent you're literally representing these people you're steering them throughout the entire process yeah and because this is unknown for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially first time buyers, even second or third time buyers, yep. there's a lot they may not know about the process, about the area, about the type of transaction they're getting into. Yep. So it's really important to pick the agent that is going to suit you and is going to be knowledgeable to just really guide you through that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there's up to 18 different people involved in a real estate transaction and the agent's number one job is to facilitate all those relationships, but keeping the client's interest in mind. Mm. So yeah, as a, as a second or third time home buyer, exactly. You still may not have experienced the full gamut of a transaction and every transaction is different. I mean, I've done over a hundred of them and I still experience something new every right. time. Yeah. You know, um, maybe like a little legal hiccup here or like yeah, something there. A title issue. Exactly. Yeah. There's always, I couldn't even tell you, you think once you think you've seen it all, something new comes up. One thing that was interesting to learn about when I was getting my license was, uh, easements, learning about easements. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that come up in real life? Yeah. Except here in Las Vegas, because the city is so master planned, we're lucky that there's very rarely anything out of the ordinary. We have easements, but they're typically just for utilities. Um, HOAs are allowed, you know, to buy a property with certain notice and things like that. Um, that's in in more rural areas and things It comes more into play. Um, open ranges, you know, things like that. But in the city of Las Vegas, there's been, I haven't experienced anything out of the ordinary with easements. There's been some crazy legal cases where it's like this person's driveway had to go through a certain property or whatever, or maybe it was just being used that way for years. And then eventually went to court and it's like, well, now this is someone else's use of your land, you know, and it gets enshrined in law. So it's interesting. Real estate has some, some weird, tricky, like things that happen with law. Definitely. So those are some of your favorite things. Yeah. How about your least favorite things? The least favorite things is having to make those hard decisions with uh, serving clients versus serving yourself and finding a true mm. work-life balance. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'll be at dinner with my wife and a client calls, or maybe it's a new lead, and maybe it's an ad I paid for, and it's a phone rings, and you have to decide, am I answering it or not? You're in the middle of like a very intimate moment, a yep. conversation. It's like, should I kind of have to get this? Yeah. But do you? And that's, that <sighs> is the psychological debate. And, uh, if you are in a relationship it's something you need to discuss with your partner, mm. like upfront, what the rules of the game are. Mm. Um, very be, important. you know, I'm lucky and very happily married. I have a great partner. She's supportive. She gets it. She knows that that phone call pays for the dinner. Um, but, True. but there is a, there's a limit though. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like there, you, you need to spend time with each other with the phone off. That's the hardest part is finding that balance. I mean, I'm on my 13th, 13th year and it's starting to finally like, work, work itself out. So I've, I've spent a lot of energy focused on 
balancing out my life the past couple of years. Um, it's a double-edged sword. And that's a process that's always changing for you. Yeah. And I, I've, I started a team to kind of help alleviate that and to feel the, mm. alleviate the pressure of, I can still do a deal, make some money without having to commit hours and hours to this person. I can, it's win-win. I can give it to an agent who would gladly commit the time and they get paid, I get paid and the customer gets served. It's a better fit for everyone. It's win-win for sure. Because sometimes I know, I know a lot of people, they drop agents left and right, or they just, yeah. they're not loyal or whatever, but they also don't understand that agents can fire their clients. Sure. If it's not a good fit. Right. Yep. I've done that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you learn, you start to ask questions and, and motivation is key. Some people are definitely tire kickers and waste time and, um, they want to offer 40% below market value yeah, what a on joke. a house. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not worth it. Or a seller wants to ask 40% over market value and you have to learn to say, this isn't, I'm not your agent. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cause time is very valuable. I mean, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So, um, if you want to spend six months in a relationship with a person who's unrealistic, not treating you kind and, and that extends beyond real estate too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's a relationship business for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How much are you willing to tolerate of people? And that's true. It's beyond real estate, but um I have, you know, certain clients I love that I hang out with and certain clients that I cannot wait for the deal to be over. Certain clients that I, I end the relationship with. So I imagine especially as a as a new agent it's really hard to like tell these people no or like set that boundary. Mm, exactly. So is there any advice you would give to people in that position? Yeah. Have confidence that you're the professional and, mm. it, and it does come with time and training, but know, know your market. Um, you know, I, I highly recommend every new agent join a team and I know a lot of people are like, Oh, well they, they and I, they, I get, I have to give up half my money or give up a percentage of my money, but you know, giving up half of something is so much better than all of nothing. Mm. And, to have a team, not only a leader that you can lean on uh, for like statistics purpose, so you can go in saying, you know, our team sells X, even though you haven't sold anything, um, but also just how to prepare for a listing presentation where you are confident going in that you are the one being hired. Mm -hmm. um, I tell people, pretend you're a doctor and they're the patient. Okay, you never you're tell the, the doctor. Yeah what, how to treat you. And it's a conversation. Of course, you know, you have a right to tell the doctor how you'd like to be treated, but you listen to their expertise very seriously. So be the doctor, be the expert, tell them the reality of the market. And you have to say to yourself, if they won't listen now on day one, are they going to listen on this six month or 90 day relationship? Right. Do I want 90 more days of this? Yeah. So there's definitely probably times where you just, I think you mentioned this is like, thank God this thing's over with like this client's on. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. honestly, I've, I've, I've done it enough where I don't enter those relationships anymore. I see yeah. the red flags early. And when you're young and you're new, you, you want the business so badly, but you also just need to learn. I mean, it's growing pains. Like I say, go for it. If you're uncertain, yeah, go for it. You might waste your time and money. You might not, but you're going to learn something either way. Okay. Yeah. So with all that in mind, what kind of person would you recommend to get into real estate? Definitely a self-starter, um, mm -hmm. somebody social. You need to be able to talk to people. 
Um, I mentioned 18 people involved in a transaction and also just prospecting, cold calling, open houses. You know, you need to be able to talk to strangers. Uh, introverts, I feel like, don't do as well as a salesperson. Doesn't mean you can't be in real estate, um, but maybe more of a transaction coordinator admin role because it's, it's a social job. And, you know, there's a phrase, your network determines your net worth. Um, so, you know, the more people you know, the more successful you're going to be. Mm. Um, I feel like self-starter, social butterflies, those are the best people for the business. And just not afraid to tackle on, like, all the different aspects, all the new things. Yeah. Because you got to try a lot of things before something sticks for you, right? Yeah. I find um, anybody who's done, like, competitive sports, um, meaning they're not afraid to fail and push the limits of their body and their mind um, because it... You, it is a grueling uh, industry. It mm. can be exhausting, and you need to be willing to fail, because you will fail you will. over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's the person I am, and I try to teach that. You can't really teach that, to be honest. The that kind of uh, audacity to just fall and pick up, fall and pick up over and over again. And if that's you, you'll succeed in this business. Yeah, because it is hyper-competitive, right? Yeah, for sure. I, speaking of mistakes, I heard a story one time, this agent, uh, you know, you, you check boxes on the form of, like, what the home has, all the features of the mm -hmm. home, and mm -hmm. she had checked AC. Turns out there was no AC in this home, and it closed and everything, and the buyers went in, and they were like, where's the AC? Like, where's the thermostat, you okay. know? Okay. Uh, maybe it was, I can't remember what, it was some appliance. I think I want to say it was wasn't in AC. Las Vegas. No, it was in California. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was in California. Yeah. Oh yeah, everyone has AC here. Yeah, Everyone you're right. No, this is Southern California, the, yeah. and a lot of homes don't have AC. Yeah. So basically, she had to spend her whole commission to put AC in this place. Okay. So things like that, like, and she was a newer agent, so it's like she got excited to close, and all of a sudden it was like actually. No. She represented the buyer. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So was there, you know, home inspection for one should have happened. Or maybe it was the seller. I this, don't, so yeah, I don't the remember. listing yeah. agent is the one at fault there um, by checking the box. So and the seller would be liable for that in that case. Um, so, yeah, we fill out what's called a seller's real property disclosure form. Yeah. And if it says, no, there's no problem with my AC. Well, that implies there is an AC. So you therefore lied on that form, which is against the law in Nevada. Right. And therefore you're liable to deliver a functioning air conditioner. So that would have fallen on the seller and not the seller, yeah. not the agent. I'm pretty sure she was the representing the seller. Yeah. And we'll see. I don't know California <laughs> law, but in Nevada, that would be the seller. We, I have my seller fill out that form because I don't know if their AC exists or works or not. Yeah. It was, uh, a good lesson, I'm sure, to learn. Yeah, you know, and that's be careful a, what box you check. She, she, and she didn't have obviously a coach or somebody overseeing this, and that's you know, like this is big money we're talking yeah. about. You know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not to be treated lightly. It's to be treated seriously, and people get excited about commissions. Yeah, but you need to focus on the process, and if you do that well, the commissions come. And I think something that uh, people should be aware of that are not professionals in the industry is that yeah. there are a lot of laws that protect consumers on both sides oh, yeah. of the transaction. Like, you do have agents that have just the dollar signs in mind, or maybe they just you know they're not um, looking out for your best interests sometimes. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, there's just a lot of protections in place. There's a lot of case law in place that really protect 
you in the process. Right? Yeah. And it, as it should be, you know, yeah. I'm a consumer too. The laws definitely favor the consumer and they ought to, because yeah. there's a lot of money at, at, at risk and to have an unprofessional person involved in that, if they do something devious, they should be penalized and the, and the penalties are severe yeah. um, for making mistakes. I mean, you can be fined six figures and have your license revoked pretty easily. Damn, six figures. Yeah. Wow. There goes your home, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's serious. Yeah. You know? Um, it's interesting because we're not lawyers, we're not accountants, um, we're not appraisers, we're not inspectors, but we're supposed to know all a little things. bit of all yes. of that. Yeah. But carefully advise people to talk to the inspector, talk to the appraiser. Yeah. Uh, you know, you give advice, but then you have to say, but here's a, here's a qualified source. Um, right. Or you, or you word things like, according to my knowledge. Yes. This my clients way have yeah. in the past or I've experienced in the past big in Nevada is a uh, no, no state income tax state. So a lot of people want to claim residency here. Mm. Well, that that's between you and the IRS. Yeah. And I I'm can tell you, there. right. <laughs> I'm not an accountant, <laughs> but there are certain rules um, that you need to follow in order to be a resident of a state. So yeah. while I know them and I will say them to my clients, here's what I have seen and what I know. Talk to your CPA. Right. That's the shield for you. Because if you don't yeah. say that and you're wrong and they end up owing California tax. Well, you said. You said. And yeah. guess who's going to court or mediation. So, yeah. CYA. Cover your ass. That's right. Those are three of the most important letters in any <laughs> in industry. Real, yeah. In yeah. real estate especially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fine line because you want to help people and you want to be the knowledge broker and tell them everything you know, but you can't step out of school. Do you have any stories you can share about CYA that taught you a hard lesson or? Um, no, I've been honestly lucky. Uh, I've been very, I want to say it's lucky. I mean, I'm diligent in doing mm. what I just explained. I don't talk out of school. Yeah. Um, I never over promise. Um, I, I, I have been, I have, I've had one disciplinary action against me that was immediately thrown out. The buyer was just a little, um, he wanted out of a deal too late and tried to blame, say that me and the other ah. agent were uh, coercing him into closing. Um, but he had just changed his mind at the last minute. But it was signed. Signed, past yeah. contingencies, and he lost his earnest money deposit. And I was able to prove that because, you know, I document everything. And I just had to respond to that complaint, and it was thankfully immediately thrown out. Um, but that was the only time I ever had uh, any sort of trouble. But, you know, if you do, when you do enough business, you're going to eventually have somebody who's a little... Uh, Looney, perhaps. Yeah. You know, we do deal with the general population. Tell me about some of these loons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's that's the best story I got, and out of respect to privacy for people. Sure, no names. Really, yeah, yeah. mentioned, but um, yeah, this gentleman was. Uh, all right, this is a loony story. <laughs> Here we I'll go. Tell you, I won't name any names. <laughs> no, please don't. Um, so he uh, had it was he and his dog and uh, no family. He was estranged from his family, um, had told me some of these stories, you know, his kids don't talk to him. Nobody talks to him. He's divorced, which red flag number one. Right. Yeah. So uh, new agent was like, OK, like he's like, come over to my place. I want you to see my current place. He was renting. OK. You know, I had no process back then. Like that would never happen. Just today. say yes. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I'd meet him in the office. I'd meet him at a neutral coffee shop. Like, but I'm like, all right, I go over. So nice guy, nice place. He's got his, his, uh, it was a German shepherd and he's like, you so, already doxed him. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of German shepherds out there. Yeah, I won't true. say what neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I show him a house or two, you know, uh, he has me over again and he's like, so I want to ask you a favor. 
You seem like a nice stand-up guy. When, when my dog, my dog will probably die before me. I'm gonna put his ashes in an urn on my mantle. Okay. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He goes, but I have a favor. When when I die, I'm also gonna get cremated, and I want you to be my legal proxy where you can pick up my ashes for me. And granted, no I way, dude. just met this guy to be no his way. real estate agent, and I'm so desperate for a sale. I'm like, okay. No way. <laughs> I'm kind of just nodding, like, uh-huh. In my head, I'm like, I'm never going to do that, but I'm just going to say yes like until this deal's over, and I'm going to run far, far away. But that's a verbal... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. well, you know, between, okay, me, and okay dead, between me and a dead guy. <laughs> yeah, true, right? So uh, His word against yours, right? It gets worse. <laughs> So he goes, I'd like you to pick up my ashes, come back to the house and mix them with my dog's ashes and then bury them somewhere. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And exactly. Okay. Is an ambiguous word. And and that was the guy who ended up, you know, trying to file a complaint against me just to show where his mentality was. So there were red flags pretty much immediately with this guy. Yeah. A hundred percent. And ironically, a couple years later, he called me, uh, it left me a voicemail. He's like, Hey, I know, you know, we got off on the wrong foot or whatever. And, uh, I'd like you to represent me. I want to buy a house again. And I deleted the voicemail. Yeah. Good move. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Dude. That's the craziest thing that's happened to me. Well, like you said, general public, you're going to get a spectrum of people, right? Yeah, man. Yep. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. Right. Yeah. All right. So what advice would you give to people Let's start with this. What advice would you give to someone who's thinking about getting in? Like, what would you say to either encourage or discourage or have them consider certain things? Yeah. Um, Have in the beginning a long runway to make money. Mm -hmm. So be of the mindset that you're going to be going to school and getting educated for six months to a year before you perhaps make any money. Um, go find yourself a good mentor, a uh, coach a team, invest in coaching and education, uh, more than you invest in advertising or software. Um, there's a lot of people out there that will gladly take your money with some flashy new thing to get you leads. Um, but if you have no idea what to do with those leads, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So learn, uh, the business, learn how to talk to people first, uh, get a mentor hundred percent. Pay your dues early. Yeah, you got you got to save up. You got to have money saved up for yep. a year, right? I've heard that too. Yeah, or, or have a part time job. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. You know, like do two things at once, uh, and eventually you'll burn the boat, as we like to say, and you'll you'll quit that job. But don't do that until you have a pipeline, you have a funnel full, uh, and you feel comfortable doing so. Is there any type of person that you would just say, don't even bother with real estate? I mean, if you are so shy, you can't say, you know, hello to the clerk at the, at the grocery store. Um, you're gonna have to work on that first before you get into the business. Or that could be the, the catalyst, the process that kind of takes you through that. Yeah, exactly. But be willing, you could be willing to change. And plus you got to invest up front with all the schooling and, yep. and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it takes, it takes money to, to be a real estate agent, yeah. um, both upfront and annually. But beyond that, I mean, yeah, if you're committed to anything, you should be, you should be willing to commit a few thousand dollars, whether it's real estate or, um, whatever you choose to do, you need to be willing to commit time and money to it. Um, but commit to yourself for to educate yourself, uh, and to strengthen your weaknesses. What are, I mean, we've kind of gone over some of this throughout the conversation, but what are some tips that you would give the general public, let's say, for uh, finding the right agent? That's a 
Good question. Um, definitely you want to interview multiple agents. I have no problem going against any other agent. Um, because Put my man against anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause I, I, I'm honest. Um, and, and I have a track record. Uh, even if I were brand new, you know, I should be able to convince somebody why I would work for them. Um, general public, you want somebody with experience or if they don't have experience, somebody who has experience behind them, uh, meaning a good brokerage or a, a good team. team. Yeah. yeah. Um, you want somebody, a good question to ask is, uh, about their process. And if they don't have one run away, um, this is a business. It's, it's a formula. It's a process that needs to be followed, uh, in order to protect your money and your interests. So if this agent doesn't have a process, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means they're a little willy nilly. Uh, and then just honestly look them in the eye and have a conversation and trust your gut about that person. That's the number one thing. Your gut's never wrong. Amen. Yeah. Trust your instinct. Yeah. Me- meet them in person. In person. Yeah. Of course. Okay. I, I just had a client come in from out of state, uh, two days ago, uh, was interviewing three agents to be their buyer's agent, um, which not a lot of people do. People think I'll interview three agents for a listing, but not necessarily for a buyer. They'll just kind of take whoever they met online or whatever. But he, he picked three people um, via online research. Uh, I was one of them and he, he met, we met in person, we had coffee, uh, and we interviewed each other, frankly, yeah. you know, uh, and it was an hour long conversation and it went really great and I got hired. Um, but I respected his process. He had a whole sheet of questions printed out, which, you know, that's, that's an extreme, um, but definitely have a few questions and, and meet the agent in person. He did his homework. He really did. Yeah. Which again, I like. Yeah, of course. Cause you've done yours. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, cool. I like this guy. He, he, he's serious. Yeah. He's right? not going to waste my time. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't want his time wasted. Uh, we're going to go back to stories one last time. Do you have any, uh, really heartwarming Uh-oh. stories, heartwarming stories, something you're really <sighs> proud of that you've done for someone? There are a few I'm trying to filter through perhaps you know, this one's actually in, in progress. It's, it's the, it's the newest story. It's uh, I don't even have the listing yet. Hot off the press, hot off the press. Um, friend of mine, man, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So friend of mine, uh, just went through a second bout of cancer. He's a licensed real estate agent. Um, he has a friend who's, uh, father passed away. Her mother's extremely ill, physically, mentally. Um, she's dealing with a recent death, an unwell mother, a cluttered up house, calls her friend who has cancer. He's calls me and says, I need you to go in and like sell this house. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm walking into. Um, I sit down, the house is, you know, very cluttered and they're, they're going through, you know, a, a, a deceased parent's belongings. This is very heavy in the house of course and raw and raw and fresh so to go so to go in there this is the people side of the business like you can't go in there slick back hair in a suit smiling you know Mm. it's you're almost walking into a, a wake you know and these poor kids i call them kids they're adults obviously but the kids are just figuring out what to do and their their mind is on family and yeah grieving and what might or may not happen. And to be able to sit down there and fill in the shoes for my friend who's going through something similar and just look him in the eye and just say, you can stop worrying about this. I am going to get you every dollar possible out of this property. 
I'm going to help you get it cleaned out, ready for sale. It'll look perfect. You don't even have to think about it anymore. Was the best feeling. And it brought kind of tears to my eyes as she started to break down and cry when I told her that. Huge relief. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't even signed a listening agreement with them because I don't need to. Yeah. It was just like, I got you and shake hands, hug, and it's going to be, you know, listed soon. And that, that was just one of those things. It's like, I got their back. It makes you feel like a superhero. Like you're doing something special for somebody taking a huge potato off the plate. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. The relationships, the people, that's what makes it, you really got to be in it for the people and the relationships. Yeah. It's and that's a little a good bit, feeling. Money, but mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that comes, but I mean, it's, when you go forward with like people first mentality, the, yeah. the, the money just comes. It takes care of itself. Yeah. 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 So is, can we direct people if they have any like questions about the process or how to navigate yeah. all this? Can we direct them to you? Do you want? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. How, how does someone get a hold of you? Um, social media at Michael Coxon. Um, my website is the standard.realestate. You can find me on there. Also, michaelcoxon.com. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out messages. Happy to help coach a new agent. I am hiring if you're a Las Vegas agent on my team. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out right on Michael. Thank you for your time, brother. This has been awesome. Really appreciate it. My man. It's a pleasure. Thanks All for right. having me.